How are you today, George? I'm doing very, very well. Thank you. How about you? I'm doing okay. I get a little bit sad at the end of summer. Yeah, especially you. Oh, can I just, just say this thing? I tell, Sometimes I talk about my sister when I'm meeting somebody and we talk about, you know, I still have family in the Pacific Northwest. And for a while, when you had convertibles all the time, I'd say like, I think my sister and I really need to swap locations because I don't mind the clouds and I love the rain. And my sister is a sun goddess. I mean, she drives a convertible in Seattle. <laughs> and people are like, what? Why? This is like three days. It's like, well, it's more than three days. But look, just to give you an idea of how much she really loves the sun. So it makes sense to me. <laughs> of course, you're a little bit sad when summer goes away because those three days you can you drive your convertible and gone. <laughs> I know. It is super sad. Though we had an amazing summer, so I really can't complain. Like we definitely didn't just have three days of sun. We had a miraculous, perfect weather. But whenever we get to this point, because this is where all the fall things like the pumpkin spice freaking latte starts showing up. And I'm like, no, it's not even September yet. You just slow your roll and wait over there for fall. I like fall once we get way into it. Once we're in October, I'm good. Mm. But this transition, August into September, that's kind of hard. So having to having to perk myself up. All right. Well, that's how to do it. Welcome to The Belief Shift, the show that explores what you really need to know about building a successful business. I'm your host, Camille Rapaz, business coach and consultant who spent too much of her career working in corporate business performance. And I'm George Trapeau, your co-host and her brother. I'm a leader in the tech world, bringing my corporate perspective, but mostly my curiosity. Together, we're exploring beliefs about success and how to achieve it, but mostly we're bringing practical solutions so you and your business can thrive. So today, I don't know if you've heard about this, George, the topic for today, I'm really curious. Do you know about this thing called ChatGPT? Chris Christie mentioned it the other night on the Republican <laughs> debate. So I've heard about it from that. Apparently oh, it's no. a Republican scam. That's what it is. <laughs> yes, of course, I've heard of ChatGPT. It's all I hear about at work is ChatGPT. It's all I hear about in my personal life is ChatGPT. Yes. Okay. So I'm doing an episode on this today. I was hes hesitating whether to do one because I thought everybody's talking about it, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about it. Because Absolutely. it's been showing up a lot with my clients and I have a, a wide range of ways that I see it showing up. So I thought mm -hmm. it would be worth talking about because I can see some people have figured out how to use it well in work, like how to use it as a useful tool. And I can see other people are just fumbling through and don't quite understand. So they've made some mistakes and kind of fumbled through. And then yeah. other people aren't using it at all. I think because, you know, rightfully so, they don't really know how it is a tool that is just new and kind of sprung upon us out of nowhere, seemingly, for those seemingly. of us who aren't yeah. in your world. Yeah. So it just feels like a, it's not like, oh, there's just a new app to try out or a new social media platform. We're sort of used to those by now. This is a really different type of tool. So I thought we should just talk about it for a little bit. Fantastic. Can't wait. Seriously. Wait. No joke. I know. I'm, I know. Yeah. I can't wait to hear what this is might be the episode where I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it more mm. than the other way around. Yeah, we'll see about that. I'm going to talk about Skynet. Oh, <laughs> I'm not going to talk about Skynet. Promise me you're not going to scare our listeners. I won't scare our listeners. No, no, no. I promise. Into thinking ChatGPT is going to take over the world because we've had some of those scary yeah. articles and things. Yeah. <sighs> Sigh, humans. Why do we always do it? <laughs> we like being scared. 
That's true. I do actually. I do like being scared. Like being I, scared. That, that is the best part about fall for me. Is it's scary movie time? So <laughs> I do. I, did I not on, see that coming. <laughs> really? I go on a whole bingey watching of all the do old you? scary movies. Yeah, yeah, I do. Wow, it's fantastic. That's, that's for another episode. Okay, so okay. today let's talk about what Chat GPT is. I'm wondering how right. would you define it, George? How would you define it for the for the lay person? Okay. The, for the layperson, I would say ChatGPT is the most amazing chatbot ever created by man. And I hope that everybody understands what a chatbot is. So if not, I would start this way. If you're ever in customer service, which you've noticed in the last 10 years, maybe 15 years or so, is instead of talking to a human, you have the opportunity to talk to chat with somebody online. And sometimes that's an actual human, but sometimes it's clearly a computer and you know you'll you'll get a prompt that says hi how can i help you you could start your responses with one of these five things i've lost my luggage i need to make an airline reservation or something like that and it gives because the the computer has fairly limited in what what it can parse from what you type so you type i need to change my reservation and then the bot reacts in this really clumsy awkward way you know it's a bot but it's able to sort of understand some of your test that technology well or different technology has been applied to chat bots and chat GPT is an amazing, amazing, amazing version of that with all kinds of interesting nuances and differences that are significant for this podcast. But basically if you think of chat GPT as the most amazing chat bot you've ever met, that's what it is. That's a great definition. I like that thinking about it from a chat bot. But once I heard that as part of it, I was like, oh, now I get it. So yes, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. There's all these so, terms that we hear about it these days. Maybe you'll get into that and I could explain some of those terms, but the terms are useful if you have some background. And I don't think they're so useful if you don't have that, like large language model. You have to explain yeah. large language model. So I just say it's an amazing super chat bot. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's perfect. So I'm going to give the Wikipedia definition because I also felt oh. like it was helpful. Yeah, and I wonder if ChatGPT created that I definition. I know, I was thinking about that too. And then I was mm. like, should I just ask ChatGPT to tell me what ChatGPT is? But go there. Yeah. I know, I probably should have. Okay, so the Wikipedia definition. So ChatGPT stands for Chat Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. <laughs> I know, we're getting bored wow. already. Yeah. But of course... <laughs> I heard Transformers yep. and I thought, like Bumblebee, like Transformers? <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be it awesome. Should, yeah. It should show up like that. <laughs> I am a Decepticon or whatever. I don't know my Transformers that well, but. Okay. So it okay. says Sorry. it is a large language model based chatbot. So to your point, the chatbot makes sense. The language model, maybe not so much. Developed by OpenAI and launched in November 2022, it's notable mm. for enabling users to refine and steer a conversation towards a desired length, format, style, level of detail, and language used. May Say. I put that in practical terms by giving the Do audience it. a homework? Yes. So, folks, here's the homework that will help you understand that Wikipedia general link. Go to ChatGPT and ask it, please define ChatGPT in the style of a limerick. Please define chat GPT as if you were explaining it to a seven-year-old. Pick several different ways for it to do the same thing and you will get an idea of what it can do because it will give you explanations, but it's able to modify its style 
into whatever writing style you ask of it. Please define ChatGPT as if you are writing a verse in the Old Testament of the Bible. Do that. And you'll get an idea of just what it can do. Same question, different styles. And that's what it's talking about when it says what desired length, format, level of detail. Yes. Yeah. Does that help? Yes. Yeah, that's fantastic. And then Homework. while you were talking about that, I did one of them because I wanted to know what ChatGPT would say to What'd a seven-year-old. So here's no. what it says to a seven-year-old. Here's how it responded. Sure thing, exclamation mark. <laughs> this is one of the things I do love about it is it's like talking to another person, right? Okay, so here's what it yeah. says. Sure thing, imagine you have a really smart robot friend. You can ask this robot friend any question you have, and it will mm. try its best to give you an answer that makes sense. It's like having a talking buddy who knows a lot of things and loves to help you learn and understand new stuff, exclamation mark. It tries to yeah, be very excited. Right. That's, that's a totally first grade, second grade, seven-year-old patter. Okay, yes. will you type another one? Yes. In the style of the Old Testament. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Okay. So I asked it, please define chat GPT in the style of the Old Testament. It says, in the days of knowledge's tapestry, there arose <laughs> a creation known as chat GPT, <laughs> woven from the threads of vast wisdom. This digital oracle fashioned by the hands of ingenious minds did possess the ability to engage in discourse with seekers of understanding. Like a wellspring of ancient knowledge, it did respond to queries with words both profound and enlightening. As a modern day oracle, ChatGPT offered its counsel to those who sought to unravel the mysteries of the world using the language of the present age to reveal the treasures of the past and the secrets of the future. <laughs> Very different response. Yeah, I mean, I personally prefer the seven-year-old one is more fun and exciting too. And stuff, but this is not bad. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's a great demonstration of how when you interact with ChatGPT, you can get it to give you all of these different layered and nuanced responses in these different mm -hmm. voices, basically. So let's get into a little bit of like, that was fun, but is it actually useful? And yeah. spoiler alert, yes, it's useful. That's why we're talking about it. Yes. If it wasn't, this would be a very different podcast. What not to do to improve your business? That's what we would be talking about. <laughs> we should have a second podcast. We should have a second podcast. Yeah, yeah. the what not to do. Actually, that there could be lots of topics. All right. Oh, so yeah. let's talk about how it is useful. How would you use it in your work? Or how do your how do your peeps think about using it? We don't that much, actually. And it's there's this, I can tell you a longer story about why my team is not currently using ChatGPT, but as a manager, as a director, I have used it recently and instructed one of my directors to use it. Here's a specific example that happened four weeks ago. I'm hiring. I'm hiring everybody. <laughs> and I opened some job recs in areas that are kind of new for us. And we were struggling a little bit about how to write the job description in a way that we thought would capture current talent in an area that's new for the company. My engineering director showed me something and it was kind of an old standard template, frankly. I mean, he's good. He does a good job of writing the job descriptions, but it was his old school. And I said, why don't you ask ChatGPT to write your job description? And he did. And he said, wow, thanks. It gave me some really good ideas. Here's why. Because large language model, what it means is that the ChatGPT robot has this huge bin full of words. And where you get the words or their conversations and the conversations have been scoured all over the internet 
These companies like Microsoft and Google have poured all of the text they've ever gotten, ever, they can get their hands on into this thing. So basically what we're seeing is ChatGPT has access to recent conversations, recent job descriptions written in this area. I haven't looked at a job description in this area, but it has. So they'd say, right front job description for a solutions manager in the cybersecurity area. It's probably seen hundreds or thousands of them posted. It's using that. So of course, it's going to give me more recent stuff than I had. And that's a, that was a great start. We did not use it word for word, but it was pretty good. That is such a great example of how to use it. And it's number one on my list of how is it useful, which is just generating ideas or brainstorming. Like it's a primer yeah. to get your brain working on a on a problem or on a solution that you're trying to come to. So yeah, I want to make this thing better, or I need just ideas about how to do this. It's a great source for that. And you start pinging it with the right questions and you keep going, or you just ask it to give you some words. I've used it in that way a lot where then I get, oh, I like this phrasing or I like that. And you can keep asking it to give it to you in different, like you said, voices, like what we just did, right? To just see what shows up. So yeah, I think that's a fantastic way to use it. I think it's the way that the number one way I think that, you know, business leaders or even business owners can use it is if ever you feel like you're, and we all have this, we're just like, I, I, I don't know, I'm kind of stuck. I, yeah. I, I need something to help get my brain either just out of its stickiness or to just set me off in the right direction or a new direction. It is a great place to go for that. You said something about that it, it does have all of this knowledge and information from, I mean, it's us, right? This is all of our words, yeah. but it's all of it that's been on the internet ever. Mm -hmm. So that has its pros and cons. But yeah. also I understood ChatGPT only has information from the internet up to 2021. Yeah, Is sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the exact dates of when they stopped absorbing data into 3, 3.5, and 4. But that, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. So yeah, so I think when it comes to like the kind of research that you're talking with, that you were just talking about, totally useful. There's so much information out there. I mean, yeah. 2021 wasn't that long ago. But keeping that in mind, I think is important because you're not going to get any factual information for anything that happened after that date. Yeah. But when it comes to anything that we want to do, so brainstorming, generating ideas, it's got all the stuff in there for you to you know, tap into and learn. I think other ways it can be useful is just to get different perspectives on an idea. So even just asking it from the perspective of um, somebody that has a different role or that comes from a different mm -hmm. part of the world, or you can ask it to generate that same idea from other perspectives, which can be really helpful. So business owners will use this a lot for writing like headlines and descriptions, social media posts. So if you're trying to create content for your business, it's great for that. And then it can also do a good job of summarizing things. So if there's a book yeah. or a movie that you want it to write a summary of, it'll just bloop, spit that out for you. Yeah. That's really cool. It also says it can debug code. It can actually write code. I, I mean, it can debug, but even more importantly, write code. And when you think about it, code is a conversation of a different kind, a very structured kind. All kinds of code has been put in there. And you could say, hey, generate me some code that does this kind of thing. There's probably logic that's done. That's a great acceleration tool, especially for people who are unlike me. I'm a software engineer by training. Right. For people who are not software engineers by training, but are familiar with the internet, and this is a great way to get some scaffolding code. It's amazing. It works wow. pretty well. That's amazing. I also know you can have it help you write. So if you're an Excel user and you need help writing formulas, 
which I oh. often, I know what I want yeah. it to do, but I, I don't know the exact formula to get it. That's an awesome idea. Yeah, it's really great. Oh. So I found a good wow. article about this. I'll put in the show notes too, that helps you to get it accurate because you have oh, to be man. really precise when you're talking mm-hmm. to chat GPT to get it. But it is great use for if you're trying to get a formula in Excel and you're just not exactly sure how to get to it, it's a great resource for that. Because again, all of those things exist on the internet. So it's just looking for the right one for you, right? Yeah, absolutely. So that's another great use. And then the other thing that I love about it is, you know, even if we think outside of just using it for work, you can use it for life too. Mm-hmm. So you can generate ideas for like activities with your kids or meal planning or, you know, ideas for making your next family Christmas more memorable. And it'll just come up with all sorts of, it's actually, an, a, again, it kind of relates to the idea generator, just helping mm-hmm. you brainstorm new ideas, but it does it in a really cool way. And then you can start to give it more guidance on, I like these ideas, but give me more like this. Yeah, And it'll learn from, you can start having a conversation, which is, I think gets into the, how do you now, how do you get the most out of it? So I'm going to talk That's about right. tips for how people can get the most out of doing all of these things because okay. it works differently than a Google search. Yeah. It's a conversation you create. So you can sign up for chat, chat GPT 3.5. It's free. So you can get your account and you can use that version for free. And I haven't had to... I haven't felt the need to move to the paid version. I think most people can use the free version the way that it is now and get tons out of it. So that's the Mm -hmm. other bonus is it's a free tool. And when you go in there, it'll show you if you sign up for an account, then you start what they call a new chat. And what you want to do is every chat should be on a specific topic. You don't want to have multiple topics in one chat because (laughs) it's, it's like trying to have three conversations with the same person and have them track all three of them at the same time and bouncing around, right? You don't want to do that. So you want to have one chat be one topic because you can conversationally improve on its responses within that same chat. Yeah. So some ways that you can do that is you can give it a role or persona. Like we just started with that kind of idea. Give it to me in this voice a seven-year-old or act as a professor of literature or write something in the voice of Jerry Seinfeld, or you can tell it how you want it to respond to you, right? Which is really cool. And when you do that, so if you asked it to do something like what we did, you can then in that same chat, have it improve on it by doing this, by either giving it a different persona or, but just by changing any of your, of what you're asking it to do. You do want to be specific and just give it one task at a time, or it just, Again, it gets confused about what it's trying to deliver to you. And the other thing I love to do in it is to ask it to give me three versions of this. So I could say, I am doing a podcast that's about chat GPT. Give me three versions of a headline to use for my podcast episode. How good has it been at doing that for you? What have you observed? What I have observed in doing that is that it's great at giving different versions, but what you have to be careful of is it can be a little wordy and I have to be careful that it doesn't not sound like my own brand voice as a business owner because it's just spitting words out, but it's not necessarily, there's no emotion in there and it doesn't know my way of speaking. I don't exist on the internet enough for it to know that. So I have to bring that to the table, Hmm. but it will sometimes what'll happen to be like, Oh, I really like that phrase. And I might just pull like a couple of words out and then I'll use that for myself. But get all these different versions and keep going until you get stuff that you like. When you ask for different versions, they're different enough to be useful? 
Um, it depends. It depends on what mm. I've given it. The quality of the output depends on the quality of the input that I give it, the way that I prompt it. So if I ask it too generic a question, I'm going to get pretty generic answers back. Yeah. So sometimes I'll start with a generic question. It'll give me some, you know, responses. And then I'll say, re rewrite this in a more witty tone or rewrite mm. this in a way that really speaks to a small business owner or rewrite it in someone else's voice just to see what shows up. Yeah. Yep. So doing all of that and getting all that variation, what I end up usually doing is I never find like, I'm going to just copy paste this one. And I don't recommend people do that. Mm. I use a combination of all of those outputs to generate my own thing. Yeah, absolutely. Totally get that. And, and you do have to really provide context, right? So talk to it like you would a human. So talk to it like I'm giving a human an assignment. Hey, ChatGPT, I'm writing an outline for a podcast on how to use ChatGPT. My audience are business owners. It's not just one command. It's not a Google search of I just not a plop in a few words. It's conversational. You write a whole paragraph of what you're asking it to do. And you, usually it starts with, sure. It's very excited. <laughs> and then gives you an answer. <laughs> May I elaborate yes. on that? Yes, go so, do more. If you think about again about what the superbot is doing here, remember that it's got every conversation that's ever been on the internet. So if you're saying, I'm going to give a talk about hiring personal leadership, previous podcast, and I'm speaking to a college commencement audience. If you're providing that context, what you're telling it to do is, okay, start looking at all the speeches you've ever seen, commencement speeches, all of them, and take this task and start generating text that looks like it fits into a commencement speech style. That's what it's doing. It's going to that part of the corpus. And if you say, okay, I'm speaking to the Rotary Club, uh, knows what Rotary Club is because Rotary Club, there's a bunch of speeches that for business owners. So when you're near it, when you're giving it more context like that, you're telling it which of the trillions of conversations to ignore and which to start looking at. Because basically what it's doing is it's saying, well, statistically speaking, here's what the next sentence would be for an audience like that. I think how based on millions of other sentences I've seen for that audience. That's why the context is helpful. You're telling it where to, where to start copying from, <laughs> start ripping off. It's interesting because that is basically what you're doing is you're just taking from what's already been created. It's not really inventing new no. as much as it is combining what's already out there into some answer for you. Yeah. It's not at all inventing. What's going on is it's using a statistical model to predict the next word in the sentence, it thinks you want it to write based on the yes. input that you've given and it will keep going that way. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have other tips for how to get the most out of ChatGPT? The next thing I'm going to talk about yes. is what like what to look out for, but tell us more. Yeah. So I'm going to make a statement and I want the audience to prove me wrong because I think I'm wrong. Ooh. Don't ask it to argue with you. So ChatGPT is also unfailingly polite. It's excited to work with you and it's polite. And if it actually gets something factually wrong, which I think we're going to talk about later, yeah. you can tell it, no, 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 that's wrong. It'll say, oh, I'm so sorry. And I don't think it'll justify why it was wrong, but it will apologize and try again. Try something that's like, well, that's nice. So I was going to say, don't get it to, to argue with you because it doesn't really want to do that. I think, though, I think there probably is a way to get ChatGPT to argue with you. Maybe if you said things like, I'm going to make this statement about what I think is the difference between leadership and management. I'm just making an example. I want you to take the, the opposite view. Take the counter position, please, and see what it does. And so if you could force it in a positive direction to argue with you, maybe it can do that. But otherwise, if you're looking 
if you're just looking for it to disprove everything you say, I don't think it's really wanting to do that. Yes, I think that's a really good point. You can get a counter argument, but it's still pleasing you by doing what you asked it. It's not yeah. genuinely arguing with you. Yeah, not like we would do with each other. Or yeah, you would do like, with a, a trusted buddy, like, no, 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 come on, let's let's argue. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. But I do think that asking it to give you a counterpoint in that way, sort of give it an argument against what I'm saying is a great way to get a different perspective, especially if you're really trying to write some sort of eye-catching headline or blog or topic or something like that. You're doing a presentation and you want to introduce the counterpoint as a, an interesting way to come at that topic. Great place to do that, right? Yeah. One other tip, yes, which we've kind of gone through here, get goofy. I mean, like, just try asking questions, like I said. So one of my favorite examples I read about, I think, in the New York Times was somebody had said, ChatGPT, please describe to me how to get a peanut butter sandwich that's stuck in the VCR and do it in the style of the Old Testament. And <laughs> I mean, that's a weird problem to ask it, but it had an answer and it did it. And that was such a goofy way to ask, but it's fun. And I think if you just let yourself get goofy, that will help you kind of break your own structures about your constraints which we've been talking about this whole time, just get goofy. It's not going to do you any harm. Yeah, that's a cool example. I hadn't seen that one. So I think including what to look out for in our tips is also really yeah. important. The number one is that it's not always right. So you got to remember there's a lot of untruthful things on the internet. Mm -hmm. And sometimes chat GPT is really trying to be a pleaser and it gets it wrong. Yeah. The thing that's dangerous about that to me, I think, is ChatGPT is a really, really good conversationalist. And like in real life, we can be swayed by good speakers. They're speaking so powerfully that you believe them, even though they're factually wrong. And that's exactly the problem here. You yeah. need to be aware of that a lot, all the time. If you're asking it, it's best used, I think, for subjective stuff. Give me some writing ideas about copy, like we've been talking about. If you're asking for fact-based stuff, it is not the best tool for that yet. That's right. I have tested this out. And when I did it, so you can <laughs> you can ask it for sources. So give me your source for. So when I went into mm -hmm. fact-based stuff, I then asked That's it to awesome. give me sources. And then I went and looked up that source to see if it existed and if it was accurate. So you can fact check it by doing that, saying, what's your source for this? I haven't had this happen yet, but people have reported that they've done it and they even made up the source. So you can't just say, give me the source and then say, okay, got it. And then assume that the source exists. You need to also search that that source actually exists and that that source is saying what chat GPT is saying. So there's a couple extra steps there, but it's still faster research than if you were trying to discover that source on your own on the internet, mm. I think, right? Yeah. I think if, if I want to get multiple sources on a specific topic that I want to create some, you know, facts around, yeah. I'm going to start by a narrative conversation in chat GPT, get it to focus, you know, give me facts on these things, give me the sources, and then I know what to start researching for myself on the internet. That's awesome. The other one to look out for was just the idea that it doesn't have recent events, so it can't tell you anything, you know, about the movies that came out this year, right, for example. Mm. And it's learning from us, so it's also bias, right? Yeah. There are built-in biases in all of the conversations that we've had on the internet, and that's what ChatGPT is pulling from. So it has those two. And it doesn't have any depth or insight, again, because it's just no. giving it. I think your description was right. It's just figuring out what parts of the internet it's going to pull the information from to give to you. And then most of the time, I find it's just too wordy. Well, it's like me. 
<laughs> no, no. Oh, no, it's worse. Because a lots of flowery language I'll find. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, that, I mean, now I just sound like a, nobody's going to even know what I'm saying. There's so many <laughs> flowery words in here, right? So usually when I'm editing something, I'm just taking a lot of descriptors out because it just gets very wordy. Mm -hmm. And you can tell it, simplify it. You can say, give this to me and, and you know, 50 words or less. You can say, mm. do, do it in five words. You, <laughs> I mean, you can be really specific about how long or short that, you know, response is going to be. And that will help. That will help it get simpler. You can also tell it, stop being so ver verbose, simplify this or say it like I'm talking to a, you know, 12 year old or something. So there's ways to adjust the wordiness, but most of the answers, like sometimes I have to look and I'm like, oh, I don't even want to read that. I got to get it to give me another answer. Any other what to look out for you can think of, George? No, I think these are the really, really good ones. So the what no. not to do as you use chat GPT, I have three. You might have some more to add to this. Okay. Some we've, we've pretty much talked about these, but I, I want to cover them again. Do not copy paste the answers. Number one, we can tell when we read it. People are getting really smart about noticing what's a copy paste from chat GPT. And also that's just, it's just bad form and don't copy paste and use it for yourself. Yeah. Agreed. Don't assume it's right. We already talked about that. Yeah. And then, and don't expect it to do all the work for you. Expect it to Aww. be a primer into your work. I know. I mean, it's a really happy, friendly, want to be helpful robot, but you know, humans still need it. Yeah. As we were talking about this, I was thinking, I mean, this is one of the reasons why the writer strike is happening because of it. this kind of model is very useful for the creative process. And the creative process, when you're stuck or when you're in a group of people and you, you're in this early stage where you want to generate ideas, it's great at that. I mean, it's generating ideas that were already in existence, <laughs> but there's so many of them out there in the world. You probably didn't know them all, but it's great at generating ideas. It's not great at kind of finishing everything's off, but that's a significant part of the creative process. Bouncing ideas off somebody you have a whole writing room here, chat yeah. GPT, but it's got the same caveats. Yeah. Of course, you're not going to have it write the whole script. That would not work well for you. Yeah. Did you want to say something? Yes, I have two more examples from the beginning homework, just to oh. spur more. I really hope that you guys in the audience will do this homework. Go and talk to ChatGPT and ask it to define ChatGPT in different voices. I'm going to give you two more. I'm going to read the answers. You ready? Yes, go. Question. Please describe ChatGPT in haiku form. Ooh. Five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. That's a haiku. Text flows like a stream. Ideas bloom within code. ChatGPT's soft dream. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad, ChatGPT. Example number two. Please describe ChatGPT in limerick form. <laughs> in the digital realm of thought, ChatGPT's responses are sought. With language so clever, it chats on forever, a marvel of tech overwrought. Amazing. Just amazing. It really is amazing what it can do. This is a great assignment for people because I think it really will give you a sense of all the various types of responses you can get. It helps you think outside the box. Because I find that, you know, in the beginning when I started to use it, I definitely was boxed into only the way I thought about, you know, conversing. Yeah. And if you expand in that way, it really, that's the beauty of it. So if we've poisoned you and you actually do this, you spend half a day doing it, try to at least stop between 
ideas and see what it's giving you. Try to learn, like, try to really absorb what it's doing for you. We've asked it to do the same thing in different forms and look what it can do for you. Just Don't just be in the rabbit hole. Try to absorb what it gave you. It truly is amazing technology. Yeah, it truly is. So if we haven't made it clear already, your reasons to use it are <laughs> to help get the creative juices flowing when you're stuck, when you're trying to get out of your ruts and you're not sure what to say or how to say it or an approach to take, like your example of the writing a resume and wanting to make it better, like we're kind of stuck in a rut and how we do it. That's just such an excellent reason to use it, to help your brain. It's really about, I think, about firing off new little ideas in your own brain. Because yes. like you said, it, I mean, it's not inventing something new, but it's new to you. And yeah. you can get the new to you ideas in your brain faster that will help you generate even better ideas. That's what Absolutely. I think it's great for. And then also that broadening your perspective, getting perspectives from different angles, looking at your problem or the scenario or the topic just from a different perspective, also a great reason to, to use it. Yeah. Okay. And number three is also it's fun. <laughs> it is fun. See? So last thing I really wanted to comment on about this is I've noticed there has been, of course, a huge explosion of just tools and apps using AI. And I don't know if I noticed this more so as a small business owner. I mean, everybody now wants me to, you know, use AI for my podcast, for my mm. social media, for my, like every single thing that exists in my business, there's an AI tool for. There's one for creating PowerPoint presentations, specifically a presentation. You plug in your idea and it spits out a slide deck for you yeah, with all the words on it. Converting, you know, transcripts into blog posts, social media posts, all that kind of stuff, just through an AI machine. Yeah. So while there are a ton of them and it seems like, why wouldn't I just use that? Mm -hmm. So far, my experience, this is just my personal experience with this, is there's a, just a lot of bad ones. Mm. Like the output that I'm getting is just not great. It's, yeah. it's okay. And if you want to use it as a starting point, that's great. But I also think, well, I can just do that for free in chat GPT. I can tell it to write me three LinkedIn posts about this podcast episode, and it'll do that. I don't need to go to a special app for that. Mm -hmm. So that's just something I tell people to kind of watch out for that everybody's trying to benefit from this. So everybody's into AI and Hey, maybe if I create a tool that specifically solves the, the way that they want to use it, I can, you know, market that to them. I think some of these better tools are really going to stand out and be great, but there's so such an explosion of them. Now I just kind of say caution to people in which tools will be useful and which won't. What are your thoughts about that? And it's fantastic. I, I mean, I can say something different, but I can't really top that. I think that's a really, really cool way of putting it. You're right. A bunch of people are taking the technology and packaging it, packaging yeah. it to make it very easily consumable. Love that. Yeah. Not great quality stuff yet. You're absolutely right. But, you know, I give people credit for doing it. And no, I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, and some of those, I think, will end up going down a path of developing something really cool. Right. Mm -hmm. But they can't make it really cool without putting it out in the world now and testing it out. But the ones that I think are most useful for me so far are ones that were already working in that space to begin with. There's tools out there that were already starting down this path that are just getting better faster. But all the new ones that are trying to jump in and take advantage of this that weren't doing anything before, they're behind. 
So they're not quite as, it's just not quite as good. The output just doesn't feel like it's quite as solid as I would want it to be. So just I see. everybody keep that in mind. Yeah, cool. Do you, do you have other thoughts on the future of AI? You know, right now, what's getting all the attention is this large language model stuff, the superbot technology, but AI is flourishing in, there's a bunch of different aspects of artificial intelligence right now. For example, image recognition, which we know yes. about is getting very good, or image modification. Like if you go on Instagram and you see these influencers, they're either using <laughs> makeup to make themselves look better, or they're using AI-based filters to make themselves look better. And it's the artificial intelligence technology to modify them is mind-blowing. It's different than this kind of, it's a different form of artificial intelligence. Autonomous driving. So Tesla is the, probably the company you know about the best that has cars that can drive themselves. That's a different form of AI. But there's a bunch of stuff happening right now. We are on the cusp of indescribable amount of technology advancement. It's crazy. And I would just say, I guess I'm getting into philosophy here. The technology is advancing so quickly that people are worried about it overtaking our ability to absorb it societally, you know, but I, it's an amazing space to watch right now. Yeah. I, I think that was a really, that's such an excellent way to put it. The, the technology is outpacing our ability to adapt as a society to what it means to us and what we do with it. And I just think that for, for us as, you know, working and trying to make our businesses better, whether we're business owners or business leaders, just back to the context of the podcast and even going back to the belief shifts, this is definitely a space to be curious and to learn, like go in with that learning mindset, because again, this isn't going away and the businesses that are going to do well going forward are the ones who learn how to leverage these new tools. They yeah. learn how to make them work for them. And you can pretend that they don't matter to you and your business and you don't have that kind of business or whatever you want to say. But the reality is it's just going to become more and more prolific. It's probably existing in your world in ways you don't even recognize, like mm -hmm. some of what you were just talking about. So it's already out there and you're going to get left behind if you don't figure out what that means in your own world and understand it. I mean, you don't have to become a tech expert to understand how to use some of the stuff. Allah, we did this podcast for you. We sure did. So there are plenty of other ways to learn how to use this as a tool. Again, it can be used just like any tool. You can use it well, or you can use it poorly. And of course, all of my listeners are going to learn how to use it well. So get out there and learn how to use it. Try all the stuff that George said to try. Absolutely. Ask ChatGPT to describe itself and all those voices. Super fun. But figure <laughs> out where for you in your professional work, it's going to make a difference for you. It can help you be, ideally, it's going to help you just be more efficient. That's what I think is really the benefit is I can break through my own mental barriers faster. I have an instant brainstorming thought partner person to go to, to start getting things moving on whatever topic I'm stuck on. So that I find is just fantastic about it. And the more yeah. you use it, the better you'll get. There yes. are tons of resources for this as well. Just Google, how do I do X, Y, Z on ChatGPT? Man, and they're pretty good. There's some great lists of tips and prompts and things like that. That's where I've just Googled a bunch of questions to learn a ton of stuff. So I'll put some links in the show notes. Yes, sir. 
Yes, actually, I want to make a, a shameless plug to get sponsored by Microsoft here by pointing out that I think Microsoft, you talked about Google, I think Microsoft is kicking Google's butt in terms of incorporating ChatGPT. If you go to the Bing search engine, which has been fine, oh, this is true. they have normal Bing mode and they have chat mode and they're very clear. These are two different ways to search, which is brilliant. And it's the right way to teach the public about what this can do, not make them one thing. So Microsoft, if you like that honest evaluation of what they've done and you feel like you want to support the podcast, we would be very happy to receive your support. Absolutely. Great job, George. Yeah. yeah actually, knows? what you should do is you should have some seminars for having Camille on campus and teaching them more leadership skills, but you know, also support I mean, the podcast. That's sure, so true. I am only right in their backyard. So, you know, you would yeah. think. But yeah, I think that's a great point. I I forgot to even talk about that. I'm so glad you brought up Bing because nobody even thinks about Bing. We just think about Googling mm. things, but we should yeah. be Binging now. Like that's actually a great place to go now to, to do the search for how to use ChatGPT better and that you can access both just from that place. Yeah, fantastic. They've done phenomenally well. Bravo, yeah. Microsoft. Yeah, bravo. Gotta say. Good for you, Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that is an old joke, people listening. Mm. So he did say Michael Soft. And yeah. it's because long, long ago, I had a coworker when Microsoft was just becoming a thing. I had a coworker that actually thought it was a guy and that his name was Michael Soft. So that's what we call them now, <laughs> privately. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. All right. Any last thoughts on ChatGPT before we jump out of here? Nope. All righty. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. If you have thoughts on chat GPT or anything else that we talk about on the podcast, leave us a voicemail. We really want to, you know what, we're kind of lonely and we really want to hear from you. This is like a one-way street and that's the only bummer about podcasting is we just mm -hmm. put it out there and we don't hear back. So we'd love it if you left us a voicemail, just go to thebeliefshift.com and you'll see a little widget on the side that says send voicemail and you can just do it right there. Also, if you just want to do some work with me and maybe some leadership development, <clears throat> Microsoft, or maybe some whatever you feel like you want to work on, or if you're just thinking about maybe hiring a coach or a consultant, but you don't really know what that means or what kind of budget you'd have to put together, you just need to get on the phone with me in a free consultation. So you can go to camillerapaz.com slash book a call. That's all one word, book a call, and you can book a free consult with me, chat for an hour. Not awesome. chat, GPT chat. It won't be a bot. It'll be the real me, the real me talking to you. <laughs> That's all I got for this week. Awesome. All right. We'll be back in your ears next week, everybody. 